on Monday night. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 36, the Pick'em Special, Matt. We got uh, a round of golf on the line. We've been giving our listeners terrible at betting advice all season long. We figure why not throw a few final ones at you here for the New Year's games, uh, settle our score on the betting side, and just dig into these games, break them down a little bit, see what we're expecting on New Year's Day because it's one of the best sporting days of the year. It'll give us plenty to talk about as well on Tuesday when we jump back into our normal scheduled programming, but we figured we'd come at you with a special one here in the holiday season. Speaking of which, Matt, how has said holiday season been for you and the Rooney clan? Joe, I got to be honest with you, like uh, like Baker Mayfield, I think I, I feel a little bit of the sniffles coming on here. A little, a little under the cold, weather. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to still show up. I'm still going to be, you know, per- perform my duties here, be where I got to be when I got to be there. And I think I'm going to fight through this one. It's uh, it's what competitors yeah. do, and I yeah, expect it's, it's, nothing less from you, Matt. You know, the best of the best, Joe. When you when you got to be there, you, you're there. And I don't, I don't know what Baker's thinking. His, well, his draft well, stock is plummeting because he has a cold. <laughs> we're talking when we're talking about the best of the best. We have to give another shout out, another thank you to Mark Shanowski for coming on the podcast, doing that interview with you. I got to how much that. basketball does that guy know? You did a great job with it, and that is, I feel like we're just that's the tip of the iceberg yeah. there with Mark Shanowski. He could have gone for hours uh, on he, end and talked bulls. He would have loved it too. Like I got on the phone with him, I said like, "Hey, you know, all we need is like you know, twenty minutes. Cool." He's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll go as long as you guys want to." And I was like. He really went as long as we wanted him to, so it was great. Yeah, and I know we've said it, but to hear uh, you know a uh, a host get into analyst mode, someone who knows as much as he does about the Bulls, I'm deferring to Mark Janowski for the rest of the year. Hopefully we can get him back on the podcast if the Bulls are worth anything at the end of the season. If not, we'll maybe get him on, have him talk a little playoff basketball, maybe Cavs, uh, Cavs Golden State Part 17 or whatever it is at this point. And, uh, but yes, thanks again to Mark Schnowski for uh, setting us up and knocking him down like he did. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that one back uh, on your Christmas, Christmas Eve, whenever you listen to it, caught some time here on your break. But here's your, here's your off with a little New Year's gift. We're going to do picks. Uh, coming into this situation, I currently have a one-game lead on you, Matt, so you're playing from behind. We, we both we got to be pretty far under 500 at this point, don't we? Yeah, I, th- I think I, I feel think like we each had like say. a two-game, ah. two-three-game win streak. Yeah, we had a little stretch there in the middle. We both had our big a, a short heater, and thankfully, I stopped putting actual human dollars on these games. Uh, well, that makes one of us. But uh, here on New Year's Day, I am going to throw down a couple shekels just to kind of heighten the intensity a little bit. So uh, keep it interesting. W- without further ado, let's jump right into it, Matt. Um, the first game we're going to be looking at here is the Outback Bowl between South Carolina and Michigan. South Carolina getting seven and a half. So Michigan seven and a half point favorites in this one. It's the first matchup of New Year's Day. I believe it's a noon or 11 o'clock kickoff. We, um, so we got an, uh, I believe it's, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a noon kickoff. Noon kickoff. Yeah. So the Outback Bowl, South Carolina getting seven and a half. Matt, Dude, I'm going to let you kick. Do you want to explain? Did you explain to them how we're doing this? You sent your picks to me. I sent mine yes, to you. Yes, yes, we're fully credible here. Um, I do not know what Matt's picking. He does not know what I'm picking. But earlier in the day, we sent each other our picks. They have not been looked at, but accountability is uh, is ironclad in this in this event. So we might have a couple of the same picks. That is possible. Well, we're both, we have we're all, smart guys. And if we have all the same picks, well, then you could crown me today as the champion of the first annual. Uh, college football well, we, season bet, yeah, betting extravaganza. Did you also did you did you text your Rose Bowl score tiebreaker in there as well? 
Um, it is in it is in the information. It I is did next not to the text line there, but I will I will do that now. <laughs> okay. The uh, the tiebreaker, if we do end up in a tie, is going to be final score of the Rose Bowl, and that's going to be total. Okay? Yes, correct. Closest closest to the total. Um, not prices can, right rules. You can go over. Yes, you can be over total. it. You can be under it. Closest to the total. Okay. So now that we have the rules in place, sorry, I jumped the gun there a little bit. Outback Bowl, South Carolina. Getting seven and a half from Michigan. Matt, I'm going to let you lead us off here. Joe has, drum roll please. No, you're going to re- just read your own. Just, you oh, don't okay. have to read mine. Sorry. Yeah. I have South Carolina plus seven and a half. Okay. You're I taking South a, Carolina. I think that's a lot of points for an offense that isn't Michigan, for a Michigan offense that hasn't really been hitting on all cylinders. Not really. I don't know if Brandon Peters is back, but especially if he's not back. That's a lot of points, especially even though their defense is fantastic. That's, that's that's a lot of points for an offense that hasn't done overwhelmingly great things all year, even though that defense is good. Well, Matt, we're in lockstep on this one. I also have South Carolina getting seven and a half. I just think the number's too big. As you said, Michigan's offense, not that explosive for that big of a number. Uh, I also think that South Carolina habitually and historically shows up in bowl games, SEC teams tend to. I know the Big Ten's currently, while we're recording this, I believe 5-0 and in this year's bowl games, but I don't think that has any bearing on what Michigan's going to do here on New Year's Day. I also think that Harbaugh being in the news, as he always is, kind of garnering a couple headlines, isn't good when you have a month off and you're trying to retain the focus of a football team. Uh, those headlines were not Michigan-related, um, at, at least in terms of him being the coach, so maybe some distractions in these last three, four weeks. That's always going to work against you when you have that big of a layoff trying to stay focused. It's South Carolina getting 7.5, lock it in. Let's do it. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, All righty. What is the Peach uh, the, Bowl? This is the Peach Bowl, also known here in Nebraska as the Scott Frost Bowl. How, uh, how do people be, in Nebraska feel about Frost hanging around? Or are they just um, so excited they, that he's there he could do literally whatever he wants for the next month and they wouldn't care? They loved it uh, right off the bat, and I think people got a little wary of it during that early signing period, but um, he did a good job, got all of the commits signed, minus one in, due to an academic issue, uh, but they're expecting him, this kid from Nebraska, He's a Nebraska kid to sign at the second signing date. I digress, but there, there's a sense of, oh, this, this is why we got Scott. He is a, he's a character guy. He's a quality guy. But you're also seeing why other coaches have not attempted this in the past. It is a lot on Scott Frost. He has spent the majority of his life either on the sideline or at 30,000 feet. He's been flying back and forth between the two and between recruits' homes. It's just, it's just too much for a coach to be literally a full-time coach of two universities. It's way too much. And uh, ESPN even did a piece last week. He was seen, I, mean, I guess he's been under the weather, he was seen throwing up on the sidelines at a UCF practice. So it's a lot on Scott. And I think uh, on January 2, um, he should take the day off, maybe rest up, have an emergency or two, and then just be the full-time coach in Nebraska. <laughs> Well, well said. I think probably right. that's got to be. Um, you almost and not that Nebraska isn't. It's still a it's still a big time job. But you think if it was a you know he had taken like an elite you know top type program that there's no way he could be pulling this off. Being expected to get like in you know top ten recruiting class. So not I Nebraska think, yeah. can probably afford to not half ass it because he's not half assing it, but be able to be, be you know two places at once. I guess. And and I think it was just such a, a feel good um, signing that. The athletic department said, yeah, let's try and make this happen. I think a lot of other athletic departments, let's say he went to uh, 
a Bama if that job was open. Tennessee, God even forbid. A Tennessee, there. even. I think they'd say, no, you're you're the coach of Tennessee now. You're the coach yeah. of Alabama. You're the coach of whatever. But this was such a coming home, feel good signing. Let's let Scott finish his job. This is what he wants to do. And I, I'd love. I know he'll never say it. But I'd love 30, 40 years from now to ask Scott Frost if he feels like he made the right decision in doing what he's doing because it's just been a lot on him, and I think that's extremely visible. But Well, maybe, Joe, further, 30, 40 years down the road, Joe, when you're, when you're some big-time you know, ESPN reporter and he's just finishing up winning, up, winning his seventh national championship at Nebraska, <laughs> you might get that sit-down because we'll you were that, there in we'll the background one in the on picture one. from day one. We'll get that one-on-one, and it'll be projected via hologram into your living room. So. Can I come? Can I be there? Mark it down. Yeah, you can. Well, you'll technically be there because we'll be in the living room as holograms. It's true. Future of, future of broadcast. It's but true. Um, let's let's throw out some picks for this one. <laughs> Peach right. Bowl. It's Auburn uh, laying ten against Central Florida. Central Florida ten point dogs against Auburn. Uh, Matt, I'll lead us off here Go since ahead. you let us off on the last one. I'm going to take Auburn here covering the ten. I know it's a huge number, but I think that Central Florida is really just outclassed um, Auburn. I mean, minus one slip-up could very well be in the playoff right now. I think they hang a 50-burger on a very, very anemic defense in UCF. And uh, you've got a strength versus strength here. UCF's offensive line's been great this season, but we know how good that pass rush is of uh, Auburn. If you can rotate guys in, keep guys fresh, uh, trying to stop, the run-and-gun offense of Scott Frost and UCF, that's really all you have to do because, excuse you, because, yeah, I don't have a cough go- button, sorry. because you're going to score points against the UCF defense. I, I think that a couple stops equal a win and-, and a big win for Auburn here. I think that UCF's outclassed in this one. Well, Joe, you must have saw my picks a little bit earlier because I'm with you here We're for pretty, for a lot of the same reasons. Hey, my my one-game lead's looking better and better. It is. Here, it, it, you, uh, <laughs> I... I, I been on this podcast been big on Auburn for a while now um, I know they kind of slipped up when they were banged up with uh, against mm-hmm. George in that SEC championship game but provided that they are fully healthy and I believe carry on Johnson is back and all good I, I do think they're going to just be too much offensively for UCF I saw that defense play South Florida in that awesome shootout of a game and that was South Florida's offense I think we're, we're talking about a whole yeah. Different animal Dif- here with Auburn. Different animal. I do think UCS going to do some good things early on. I, they, they got a lot of talent. They are well coached, but they're they're just outclassed by Auburn. And I don't think that yeah. defense is really going to be able to stop that ground game. If Alabama couldn't, if Georgia couldn't the first time around when they were fully healthy, I, I don't see UCF being able to contain that running game. So they they, they could put up fifty. I'm going to say the, the safer bet might be to pound the over on this one. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's like sixty-seven and a half. I, I honestly, Joe, I think still I'm like taking it? that. I'm taking that over. That's. I'm, I think I'm taking it still. I go Auburn. Okay. I think they could hang, like you said, forty-five, fifty points, and I think UCF might not be too far behind with about thirty-five. But Auburn minus ten. Just for for, and I know if you're still listening, which I hope you are, uh, you guys love your action. So all of my picks are going to go in as. Uh, a twenty-five dollar Uncle, Uncle Joey special uh, parlay. Why? Why? Why do we call them Uncle? Why? Why every betting thing has to be Uncle Joey? Why is it Uncle? Because because it's like your uncle who never had kids, but like he's kind of edgy and like he'll he'll slip you like a stock tip at Thanksgiving or something like that. Like that's <laughs> I, I that's, guess. that's Uncle Joey. That's yeah. Uncle. And like he he couldn't make it to Christmas because he was in Vegas on a heater. Like that's Uncle <laughs> Joey. Like <laughs> so, uh, I Fair guess enough. that's. Uh, that's the the character I like to build here on on our Pick'em special. But uh, we're going to move on here to the Citrus Bowl, and I know both of us here uh, 
we have a rooting interest in this one. I honestly don't have a rooting interest in any of these games except the Citrus Bowl. Uh, we are both tried and true uh, ND Domer uh, fans here. And uh, I, I don't think my pick is and being it, made be- because of that. No, I, I'm, I'm totally with you on this one. It's, it's Notre Dame plus three against LSU. And for me, anytime I hear Notre Dame, LSU, a chill goes down my spine because I think of the 06 Sugar Bowl and sitting, oh, in Don sitting in Don Bolton's basement wondering what the hell just happened. Like, I had a was, bet with, uh, with our, old, our old friend Joe DeCanio on that one. He gave me the 14 points. Ah, yes. Yeah. Nice, yeah. When you when your when your high school football coach is, uh, is that's my uncle Joe <laughs> is getting getting action. That's that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Oh god! But um, the <laughs> Citrus Bowl. I mean, it should be a fun watch. Notre Dame, LSU, two storied programs here. Matt, why don't you give us your pick? Yeah, I got Notre Dame plus three. Um, I, I like you tried to take all rooting interest out of this one. LSU, they're just kind of the name at this point. I know they've kind of recovered, bounced back at a solid end of the year, but they've kind of been unimpressive all year for the most part. They still don't have much of a passing game. They they run the ball pretty well, but Notre Dame's been decent up front stopping that run any, any uh, all year. They did that pretty well against Georgia, who's got you know one of the better rushing attacks in the country. And I just I think up front they are a lot better still than people are giving them credit for. And I think this is the type of game that Brian Kelly will go out and win to get some momentum to you know, win some fan yeah. bases back. And th- this is the type of no-pressure win that he goes out and, and gets because there's not much pressure on it. It's against a bigger name like an LSU, and he uses it as a feel-good story heading into next year and kind of rides some momentum to gain some of the momentum that he lost in those crippling, uh, inexcusable losses at the end of the year. Just, um, I, just I, the way I like you say LSU. Brian Kelly. Just the you, can you, can the you hear you it? Can Brian you hear Kelly. it just a little bit? Just, just can, a little bit of how I feel about it? I can just hear it. you tense up when you say his name. Yeah, just a little <laughs> bit. Um, but, that, I mean, that's how I see this one going. I think they're they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well. Um, I, I think their offense is going to be just fine. It's, if Brandon Wimbush still can't throw the ball, uh, then they might be in a little bit of trouble. But I'm going to bet on him recovering from those atrocious last two, three games, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to get the job done here probably. I don't know if it's going to hit the over 52, but um, I, I would say Notre Dame not only plus three, but I would take that plus 35, 135 money line too. We uh, we need to get TJR on here because I need to hear his thoughts on, on the whole Brian Kelly uh, situation because I, I don't know if uh, – You might need the explicit tag on the podcast to do that. That's fair. That's fair. We'll, we'll we'll put the NC-17 rating on it and just have, have the older crowd listen to it. But, Matt, uh, it's going to come down to the playoff for us because I am as well picking Notre Dame, uh, getting the three points. Uh, I know you, fo- you found a way to get my picks before this show, didn't you? I you swear to you, I, I swear to you. We sent the picks to each other on the phone moments uh, you, ago you got before starting the podcast. There was no way. I think I think we're going to go different directions in 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 the in the playoff, but we'll, we'll get okay. there when we get there. I'm picking Notre Dame for the cheesiest of reasons, and it's because you have a really solid group of seniors. <laughs> I'm not You're kidding. You're not wrong. I, it's a solid group of seniors, and this is the last time that that dominant offensive line is going to play together. I think what is it? Four of the five guys are seniors yeah. on the offensive line that are going to be graduating. You got to think they want to go out with a victory. You know, wearing the championship hat, getting the T-shirt. Uh, there's still plenty to play for in a, like you said, somewhat meaningless bowl game. Uh, if you're looking at it from, you know, a dollars and cents revenue type aspect, obviously none of these bowl games are meaningless. They all mean a ton. But I think for the guys on the field, this still means a ton. And this group of seniors is going to want to go out with a win, especially that offensive line. Take Notre Dame plus three. Yeah, it's, it, like you said, it's a proud group of seniors, and there's not many 
prouder football players than than offensive linemen in my my mm-hmm. time playing football who you know take pride in, in not going out like that. So that, that that's a good point, and I think uh, not shocked we agree on this one though. <laughs> what, are you, what are you pouring in the background there, Joe? What we you, got a little cold making? brew. We're cold s- brew. We're it's cold outside, Joe. It's got to be negative ten in Nebraska. Okay. Well, yeah, but I'm already in a California state of mind. All right. So, and I think I don't know if we've talked about it, but we have uh, not officially addressed it on the. Podcast. All right. Well, let's take like a two minute break here before the playoff um, games. Time before out. the playoff games. Here's your here's your break in action for a little uh, Muso life update. I hate to go third person when 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 announcing this. You news. love so going third if, person. If you could just if don't you could lie. just delete if you could just delete that. No. I will be moving uh, out to California in a few weeks. Uh, got a job out in Sacramento, so taking the next step in the. Uh, in the broadcast career, I'll be uh, covering sports in both Sacramento and the Bay. So we will uh, we'll get some 49ers coverage. We'll get some Golden State coverage. We'll get some Sacramento Kings coverage. A young, exciting team there. I'll get to see Vince Carter's uh, victory lap, uh, just kind of the, the end of that tour. Can you, can you get Vince um, for the podcast? Uh, hopefully, you know, maybe we'll we'll really strike up a friendship here in these next couple months. Fun and, fact, uh, Joe Vin- Vince Carter was was probably when it, you know growing up and has carried throughout has been, probably been my favorite basketball player after you know Michael Jordan in the '90s Bulls. But probably no my favorite one, basketball I, player of all time. I, I know we didn't get to see Jordan in his prime, but I've never seen anyone fly the way that Vince Carter used to fly. Like uh-huh. it looked like looked like there was something in his shoes. So, um, but yeah, so we'll be out there. Uh, covering some Giants baseball this summer, and uh, it'll be a blast. And um, thank you to, to everyone for the support um, You're welcome. During, my ti- during my time here in Lincoln. And just being able to jump on the pod with you here, Matt, has made me feel a little bit more at home, get to talk Chicago sports. So I appreciate you in that vein as well. We're going to keep this thing rolling, but uh, I'll have some insights from, from out on the West Coast rather than here on Husker football. I will still keep my finger on the pulse <laughs> Joey, of the Scott Frost era. Don't but, get me uh, wrong. I think we all loved, we loved hearing some Husker football updates, and you know, Scott Frost storyline was great. I think, though, we're gonna, it's going to be a little bit refreshing to, to take things out West and hear a little bit more updates on a couple more teams, uh, a few more uh, you know, groups, teams, whatever sports that you're going to be a little more close to outside of just those uh, those disappointing Nebraska Cornhusker football right, uh, yeah. teams from the last couple of years. Yeah, and to kind of bring us back here to the Pick'em special, this will also give me a chance to collect my earnings on the West Coast playing maybe some winter golf with you, Matt. How's yeah, that sound? I'm fine with me. Let's just It gets a little pricey out West, so let's be careful. <laughs> hey, a bet's a bet. Let's jump back into it. We're talking college football playoff. Uh, the early game is going to be the Rose Bowl. Uh, it is the Oklahoma Sooners versus the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, a two-point underdog here. Sooners opened up as one-and-a-half-point uh, favorites. I think uh, the money's moved around a little bit here. They are currently two-point underdogs to Georgia. Matt, we're going to make the pick here, and then we're going to give our final score, and then we'll we'll talk about the total and because that's going to be our tiebreaker here. But uh, I think it's my turn to make it, the first it pick. It is your turn. I am taking the dogs. Damn it. Laying two, laying two points. Are you taking Georgia too? Yeah, I'm taking Georgia. <laughs> I'm about to win. So the worst thing, we, the worst thing I can do is tie. So you got to win this next game outright and have the tiebreaker. We should just delete this podcast because I don't know how. This is the first time we've agreed on this many things consecutively. Seriously, but, I don't. I, this is the first time we've agreed on any, these this many things consecutively in the entirety of the time that we've known each other, <laughs> let alone the podcast. All right, I've well, known you for how many years now, and this is uh, uh, we've never agreed on five things in a row. I don't think so, Matt. But uh, this is a beautiful thing. So. uh I'm taking Georgia. Lay the two is points. Rigged. 
I think that, uh, I think that a lot of the, uh, a lot of the, you know, layman money moved this line because it, it, I don't think it was shark money. Shark money comes in late, you know, write that down. Um, I think the layman money moved this. You should always fade the public. So if the public's betting Oklahoma because I don't know, they were the flashier team. Baker was at the Heisman award ceremony, won the Heisman. They know his name. They probably don't know the names on Georgia. So I'm fading the public here. It's strength versus strength. OU's offense, top offense in the nation versus a defense that's only given up more than 14 points three times this season. I don't think Georgia's defense gets the gets the the due respect that that it deserves and the way they've played and some of the opponents that they've played this season. Um, smart money always bets the defense in a in a strength versus strength battle. Uh, I love the under in this one as well, which is at 60. I'm I'm hammering the under and Georgia laying the two. And my final in this game, I have Georgia winning. 24 to 17. Uh, I'm, I'm very, for the same reasons, going with Georgia. Um, I just, <laughs> when, when an offense has this big of a layoff, especially, I know they've been practicing and all that, but practice reps are only so much compared to game reps. And when you've had this t- much time off, going up against a defense like Georgia, I just, I, I see it as, it, it's tough to get back into that rhythm, especially, you know, fighting a cold and flu like Baker is. You know, I, I know it's, it's tough, Joe. It's, it's hard to play football with that. Um, but they, Georgia didn't get the respect they deserve. Or they deserve. I, they earned. I also think on defense. You said the what they've only given up fourteen points or more three times three all times, year. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they can run the ball as well as anybody in the country. And Oklahoma's defense just isn't that really good. I don't mm-hmm. think they've seen a rushing attack outside of Ohio State, which they did pretty well against early on. Uh, they haven't really seen the rushing attack that Georgia has, and even. Ohio State's rushing attack's a little bit different. They're going to spread you out and try and run on you that way, whereas Georgia's going to line up and try and just run it in between the tackles. And I, I think that's going to be tough for Oklahoma to stop. And, and like you said, this big of a layoff, uh, I, I always tend to lean towards the dominant defense, and that's what Georgia has. They have a very dominant defense. They have a, a freshman quarterback who, yes, he's a freshman, but he's proven all year that he's a pretty effective game manager and can make some big throws when he needs to. And that three-headed monster running back, I think, is going to have a big day. So Georgia minus two, uh, and my final, what was yours, 24-17? What's the math on that? What does that get me to, 41? Uh, 41. Okay, I got 26-21 Georgia. Okay. So that's uh, um, 47? 47, 47. Okay. 47, okay. So, so you're going to need that. You're going to need that and this next game. So I need to come out of here with a free round of golf. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess we're different on this one. You're going to guess we're different? All right, well, different on this one. I'm going to go first because I, I think you went first last time, but either way, I, I'm down, so I reserve the right to go first. Okay, I feel like I feel like in post-production here, we deserve a drop, like a drum roll drop, so hit it. Got it. All right, Matt, I just created more work for you. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> um, thanks on a Saturday morning, us? no less. The Sugar Bowl, the late game in the college football playoff. It's a matchup we've seen before. It's a matchup we will see again. Alabama it's a matchup versus- that we predicted would happen about midseason. Grant, we said it happened in the national championship, but it wasn't. It wasn't we a stretch. Have a Clemson round three. It wasn't a stretch, and um, I know we've had the conversation of why do we why do we enjoy this this series and we're getting tired of uh, golden state Cleveland, but that's another conversation for another day. We are getting part three to this saga between Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney in what very much will have a, a national championship feel to it in the semifinal game. It's Alabama laying three points to Clemson, Matt. Good luck. I thank you. I appreciate that. And quite honestly, as long as Dabo and Saban are at these two schools, give me this matchup every year. 
Give okay. me Clemson Bama around 17, <laughs> 17 years from now if Nick Saban is still strolling those sidelines, which I wouldn't put it by him. I like it. Give me Dabo, Joe. I want Dabo. Hey. I want the points. Give me Clemson. I think I, I know that you know Saban's had a bunch of time to prepare, but in the past sometimes that's even failed him when they lost to Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl a couple years ago. The one thing, the Achilles heel that's that's been nipping at Nick Saban despite those five or whatever national championships has always been those spread offenses with the mobile quarterbacks. He's had trouble with them in the past. Give me Clemson. I know it's Kelly Bryant's first game on the big stage, but Deshaun Watson did just fine in that stage as well. Dabo's the one guy for me that just doesn't ever seem intimidated by Nick Saban. He doesn't seem to fear Nick Saban. He goes in there. He coaches his game. His guys play their game. He's got his kids feeling the same way as him. I love what Clemson does on both sides of the ball. I think their defensive line, the front seven, is as good as you're going to see. And I just I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. That over-under is at 47. Give me Clemson. Give me the over. I'm probably even taking taking the Clemson money line. Uh, give me the Tigers, Joe. Matt, finally we go different directions. So you're roll, saying there's a chance, Joe. Roll damn tide. There is no chance for you because everyone wants to talk about the layoff and how much time that Nick Saban had to prepare for this game in between this game and his last game. Nick Saban has been preparing for this game for 365 days. Nick Saban, this, the, the national championship loss has stewed in Nick Saban's stomach for the last year. And you know that when Nick Saban is prepping for a game and game planning for this week's team, they say he, he's kind of Belichickian in the way he's got, he's planning two games ahead already. He's already putting game plans in place. He's been putting a game plan in place for Clemson, for this team, for Dabo Sweeney for the last year. And I can guarantee that. I don't know how. But I can somehow, guarantee some that way. somehow I can guarantee the fact that Nick Saban has been waiting for this day for the last year, and I think that's scary. Dabo Sweeney might not be intimidated by Nick Saban. I am. I'm picking Bama here. <laughs> you think if he out you pick Clemson, he's going to come find you? He's going to find me. He's going to give me one of those glares that he gives to media members that just ends their careers. It's, it's nothing that I want a part of. I'm taking – I was about to say Nebraska. Oh, goodness. Gracious, I got to get out of here. I'm taking Alabama, laying the three points, and Matt, you have a chance here. So we got so a chance. To, That's all I need, can ask for, Joe. You need Clemson to win, and you and you need to be closer on the uh, on on the tiebreaker because if if Clemson wins, Clemson to win got, to root we, for some points in that Georgia Oklahoma game. So uh, it should be an interesting uh, an interesting nightcap for you in those late two games. A lot to root for in terms of the first annual collegiate football betting classic yeah, I, I, I do <laughs> i do love your your saban revenge game uh, idea uh-huh. and the thoughts it's just, this year with not that bama is an incredibly talented team because they are uh, obviously they're, the they're one of the most human. talented this, this exactly, is the most human bama this team is the ever most seen. I will beatable give that to you. bama team that there's been not that they're not great i still think they're definitely a top four talented team in the country all that uh-huh. um this is the most beatable team they've had and i think this is the most Somewhat banged up. I, I think they got two or three starters on defense who aren't going to be healthy for this one. Whether they play or not is a different story, but not healthy is, is not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I, there's something telling me that Clemson is the best team in the country. They've looked dominant all year. The one loss they had at Syracuse, they didn't have their quarterback, and weird things can happen in that dome sometimes. It's going to be a great game, and I think it's going to come down to the wire probably a, a like, like the last couple of years, the last team with the ball is going to win type of game. But yeah, give me that over. It's forty-seven. I think again, that's given what's happened in the last two years with these two teams. I, I think that's 
it's free cheese, as the kids are saying on the over there, Joe. <laughs> free cheese, indeed, Matt. Uh, government cheese. Now, it's going to be. Uh, I do remember hearing a story. It was after the. Uh, remember Johnny Manziel's breakout game against Bama? A couple. It was probably five years ago now. Uh, yes. They, they upset Bama on the road, and that was the one that mm-hmm. kind of put A and M and him on the on the on the stage in the off season over their workouts and all that stuff. They obviously mm-hmm. have some pretty nice TVs in those facilities around the weight room, locker rooms. Saban had that A&M Alabama game playing on a loop. Oh, in the, on the weight room TVs, he it's had like, that game going at all times. They've been classically conditioned to want to kill Clemson, and I think that you know it's not it's not a analytical breakdown of the game no. or the points or against the spread. It's not but our I style. think that I think that the way you go into a football game mentally says a lot about how that game is going to go. These are two alpha teams, alpha coaches, and it's just going to be who has that edge mentally and who can execute. And I think that Bama is going to have the edge mentally. They just need to go out there and execute. It's going to be a hell of a game to watch, and I'm incredibly excited for it. I think aside from, and not to scoff at a non-Power 5 team, but aside from that UCF game, I think these are all going to be really good football games. And uh, We got some really good I, football games coming up uh, even tomorrow, too, on New Year's Eve. Uh, New Year's we didn't, Eve, we we didn't some, get to a lot of them because we didn't want to have you know be picking 10, yeah. 12 games here. But th- those are uh, Miami, Wisconsin. I know neither of those teams' seasons ended the way they wanted to, but that one should be a pretty interesting game to watch. I think what uh, well, that's tonight, actually. Yeah, uh, Washington and Penn State is tonight. That should be a pretty fun one in the Fiesta Bowl. Um, it, it'll be a fun day of football. Yeah, and uh, Matt, before we say goodbye to the good people, uh, why don't you give me just, what's your takeaway, Ben, from this bowl season? Have you been locked in? Have you been watching these games? Or have they kind of been background music? Because I think a lot of times these early bowl games can just serve as the the white noise behind our family conversations or arguments, however you define them uh, you know, during the holidays. I've been fairly, you know, I've watched them. Uh, it, obviously, with our you know work and professional situations, it's a little bit mm-hmm. tough to be fully locked in because a lot of the times while these are on, I'm at work. Um, yeah. But I would say, you know, those the I'm always at home when that first one kicks off around noon, so that one I've usually been pretty into. The next one usually pretty into as well. But I've I've kept an eye on most of them this year. I think I've more than years past. I think I've been pretty involved with these. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been somewhat locked into um, you know getting them on air here. We run a lot of the highlights, so uh, at least seeing the highlights of, of some of the smaller mm-hmm. games. It's been exciting. You know, there's in these less meaningful bowl games, coaches are not afraid to pull out the trick play, go for it on fourth down those types of things, and I think uh, you know that makes for exciting football that maybe you don't get to see during the season. That TCU-Stanford game we saw the other, did you see that it one? Was, it was unbelievable. It was it almost, as exciting it, of a football game as I've seen all season. It was so year. exciting that it, you almost needed the, the excitement to start a little later because it almost dragged yeah. that it was so exciting there down the end. But uh, some good football, and again, we're, we're Big Ten guys. I've been very impressed with what the Big Ten's done as a collective throughout this, uh, this bowl season. Um, Last night, Ohio State just looking like the superior football team from the first snap to the last snap. What, I think what that happened to Sam Darnold? I, I think that, and I know we talk about the layoff, and, and you can go one of two ways during the layoff. There's a lot to do in Southern California. You can lose focus. You can start thinking about your draft stock. You can start you know, back-channeling to agents, and I know that's not what you do or what's supposed to be done, but we know it's happening. I think that that's a quarterback with a lot on his mind right now, and JT Barrett for all 17, 18 years that he's been at Ohio State has been nothing but a professional. And um, I think that 
there's going to be a football team that I don't know if they're talking about him being drafted, maybe extremely late. I think he deserves it, but there's going to be a football team that gets a professional ready, maybe not on field, but a quarterback that's going to make a room guy for the room. Yeah. A room guy that's going to make the room better at the next level. He's going to be a serviceable backup somewhere. I think for a long, long time. And uh, JT Barrett going out on a great note, winning a big 10 championship and then winning a bowl game the way he did last night. So I've been very impressed with the play of the big 10. That's been my takeaway. Yeah. They've been uh, fan. North- Northwestern's another team. I think that deserves a shot. Mm-hmm. Obviously Michigan state blew Washington state out of the water. I'm not really sure what happened to Mike Leach's guys there, but and, Northwestern and we, for me, losing their, their quarterback. On we got to give play. a shout out. We got to give a shout out to, to a local kid, Matt Alvedi. Um, just, a main South kid who stepping in stuck, for stuck it out there for five years and never really got his chance to be the guy, never got the keys to the car and a storybook day for him yesterday to, to lead his team, his senior class to a championship. So congratulations to him and the entire LVD family. John LVD was on my softball team, whatever. Shut it's, up. it's a, it's it's a connection there. Shout out to John. I I actually left John out to dry one time. Throw, I threw him up the line and he got railroaded, but he made the play. But shout out to the Elvidi family. Uh, just an awesome time for them during this holiday season to see Matt do what he did yesterday. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Maine South. Congratulations to all of Park Ridge because I know they had his back for about five years there at Northwestern. Yeah, you know it's a great story. You never like to see the kid get his shot yeah, the way he did. Tough. Obviously, that's a. For Thorson to, to hurt that knee is a, on a trick play, making a really nice catch and a nice run. Yeah, just uh, looked uncomfortable see, once he got out there. You know, I but, was watching uh, yeah. that game, and they brought in Matt Elvedi, and I was like, wait a minute, he didn't graduate like five years ago? No, like, he was he one of those guys who's been, just been at Northwestern <laughs> forever. I thought it was like, but I was like, he's still there. Rocking a um, hero's mustache, too. Outstanding stuff. Who's got the better mustache, you or him? Probably him. I've never. I. I mean, my mustache. Don't is, don't say you've never had a mustache. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I've I was had a mustache, but it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the the thickness that I wish it did. It it, it gets the job done because of the darkness of yeah. it, but it's not the not the fullest of mustaches. Now you, we we touched <laughs> a little bit. I'm gonna we're gonna move on from mustache talk here. Okay. Um, we we talked about the quarterbacks here going into this draft, and. I, you know, we talked. I want to go back, way back to when we were arguing in the first two podcasts about Mitch Trubisky being on the Bears and all that, and, t- and making that pick there because one of yours, and it was a reasonable argument, was you look at uh, you know this next draft and you got Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, you know, easy number one picks and all that. I was type high stuff. on like, Darnold. I was you high know, on so was everybody. Darnold. You weren't the. Only, I was high on yeah. him too. Everyone was high on him after that. that Rose Bowl, Bowl made us feel some type of way last but, year, but that. Pace doing what he did to go out and get the guy he saw as his guy and, and I think a quarterback that we've seen that we both like and we, we we're pretty high on going into the future. That's why you don't sacrifice and hope yeah. that you, you know, land in that same spot because there's going to be good quarterbacks next year. A lot can happen over a year. When when Matt Barkley decided to stay in school, he was the consensus number one and then you know you didn't have a lot of people passing saying, Oh, maybe we'll get Matt Barkley next year. He ends up being a fourth round pick and then now he's barely in the league anymore. Yeah, I think you make a good point there, but I also have looked at it from what the other options would have been, and it wouldn't have been a um, not as immediate as a road as drafting a guy, but your other option, or the other option that I brought up was Jimmy G. The other option and, was Jimmy G, and that one's and hard to... Looking what he's doing, it, you, you can't second-guess yourself, no, because you 
I think that we, we got a good guy in Mitch Trubisky, again, surround him with the right pieces, and I think he could be a very successful quarterback for the next decade. Um, I think there's that sort of talent, that sort of focus, that sort of professionalism that I've seen out of him. But, man, you can't help but be excited what you're seeing. A complete turnaround. He's, just he's by inserting a new quarterback. Not just the team, that a complete franchise. turnaround, making John Lynch look like Nestradamus as a GM. Not only fleecing the Bears out of a pick. Um, let's not get into it again. No, he, was, he didn't fleece uh, the Bears out of a pick. It was a, it was a touchy subject. But um, Ryan Pace bought insurance. That's all he did. Yeah, okay. Bought insurance. Don't, don't start with me. But... Um, <laughs> Lynch looking like he's he's doing everything he needs to do to put the 49ers in a position to be a contender again, and you're seeing a lot of that because of the way that Garoppolo's played. I think that's another, I know this is a, a betting-centric uh, podcast that we're doing right now. I think that's another line you want to take a look at. I want to say they're playing Tennessee this week, and uh, I, th- I remember looking at it and thinking it looked real friendly. So take a look at Jimmy Let's G see. and the Niners. Well, they'll have, and, uh, uh, it's I think last, it's three. Last week of the year, they'll have a, a divisional opponent. They'll have a divisional opponent. Yeah. You're right, so it's not Tennessee. They had Tennessee um, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but San Francisco uh, has guys. Great radio. San Francisco <laughs> has the. They have the Rams, Joe. They're giving four at the Rams. That's what it was. They're giving four to the Rams, and the Rams are sitting everybody and their mother. So I think uh, their mothers think probably that don't play football, Joe. That's an interesting one, but I don't think they're even coming to the game. So um, that's an interesting one for uh, all you heathens out there. So there's a, there's a there's a, a bonus bet special there on this edition of the Moose and Runes podcast. Matt, you got anything for the people before we say goodbye? No, I was just I was going to touch on Jimmy G, too. I think he's, he's been obviously fantastic. The one thing I will say is give not, not to take anything away from what he's done, more being a little bit patient with our guy. Jimmy's sat behind the best in the business for, what, four years now? Three, four years? Just sponged. So, yeah, he's, he's, and he's obviously got great talent to go with it, but he's learned all the knowledge of probably the best quarterback, best coach, some of the best offensive coordinators and quarterback minds to come through the game. So let's mm-hmm. let's give our guys some time. Let's let them develop. Let's get an offensive mind in there to, to mold them a little bit, and let's let's see what he can't turn into uh, three, four years down the road here because I think we've seen some very, very good signs. And after that bad, tough stretch where they were only letting him throw four or five times a game, it seemed like I think these last three games we've seen our, our guy take some some very positive steps and have you know three of his best games, I think, of his, of his season. Exciting times in both the professional and collegiate ranks here to be a football fan. Soak it in. Bears money line is, this week, Joe. Because it is a fleeting feeling, Matt, just like betting the Bears on the money plus line. It is a fleeting feeling. Plus 425, Mitch in the dome. He's got dome weather. Give me all of it. Before you know it, it's going to be all-star weekend. We're going to be watching basketball, Matt. And Stinks. We're, we're going to be sad. We're, we're, gonna be sadder. we're just going to be sad people. Not, not, no, no shots at basketball, but... This is the best time of year to be a football fan, to be a sports fan. So soak it in. Enjoy all these games. We hope you do. We hope you make boatloads of money. You go Scrooge McDuck into it. And uh, bet smart. That's, a, that's my final, uh, it's my final uh, note to the Moose and News listeners here. Bet within your means. Make it interesting. But uh, You think if you re- dive into a pool of change like that, like Scrooge doubloons. McDuck, do you think you'd actually – I don't think you'd, you'd go into it. I think you'd actually get pretty hurt. No, and I don't think that anyone should be betting that amount of money to where you should be filling a kiddie pool with gold doubloons. I think that's a little out of all of our listeners. How much no shots of anyone? That's what is the, what exactly uh, is a doubloon? You're talking, I, I don't know what the current uh, the what's current the, market. I think it's less than a bitcoin. But yeah, I was going to uh, say, what's the ratio of bitcoins? Bitcoins to the, doubloons. 
the current market for a doubloon, I think, is still pretty good. A, a gold Krugerrand will get you in pretty much anywhere. So we'll, we'll jump into a pool of Bitcoin. There you go. We're pools of Bitcoin. We're, we're betting all of our shekels, um, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. That, that, that's my. Those are my parting words. And thank you for listening to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode thirty-six, the Pick'em Special. We will have results. And uh, a full podcast coming your way this Tuesday or Wednesday. we got to look at schedules, but uh, we will have a full podcast coming your way this following week. We'll break it all down. I'll laugh in Matt's face because he'll have to pay for golf for me. And then uh, we got plenty to talk about. We'll, you we'll just, get, just keep talking. Keep talking. We'll get, we'll get Chicago-centric once again. And uh, hopefully you guys send us some of, those, uh, some of those mailbag questions. We'll jump into some of your topics. It'll be a good time. But thank you, as always, Moose and Runes listeners. That's going to do it for episode 36. We hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy all the football. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.